This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you to all of our healthcare workers and essential workers out there who are working hard while we all stay home and stay safe. Today, you're listening to episode 245, and I'm talking with Jordan Hesse. Jordan has been on the show two other times. Go back and check out her episodes 128 and 179. Jordan is an incredibly accomplished marathoner and runner. She debuted the marathon in a time of 2.23 in the 2017 Boston Marathon, faster than any American woman ever by three minutes. She followed that up with a 2.20.57 in Chicago the following fall, placing third. And in 2019, she placed third at the Boston Marathon. And I have an episode with her that was right after that race as well. Now, a lot of people would have said that Jordan was one of the favorites going into this race had she been healthy going into the race. And so that field was just so deep. We didn't know what was going to happen with any of the women running, but Jordan was definitely one to be watching and she had the fastest seated time going into the race. Jordan did not have the race that she hoped she would have had. She came in placing 26th. And as a fan of the sport and a spectator, I was so proud of her for finishing that race. She was wearing classic Lakers colors in honor of the late Kobe Bryant. And we talk about that in this episode, what that meant to her and why she chose to wear that outfit and how Kobe has inspired her throughout the years. We also get to talk a little bit about how she's doing, how she's feeling. A lot of people probably know and have been following she last year left the Nike Oregon project and was separated from her coach, her longtime coach, Alberto Salzar. And she has just been through a lot over this past year. And I was really excited to talk with Jordan and I just wanted her to be able to share her heart and how she's been dealing with all of this and what that build up to the trials and how she's feeling post trials has all been like. Um, I can't imagine walking through what she's walked through this past year, and I'm just really honored that she has allowed me the opportunity to share her story and how she's doing on this podcast. All right. You may have noticed I'm putting out two episodes a week right now during these crazy times. I have found that recording the podcast is one of the things that makes me feel most normal in my life right now, and so I've been enjoying putting out a couple extra episodes and this is the fourth week of that. This week you are hearing from Jordan today and you will hear from Scott and Jenny Jurek this Friday. The Friday episodes are more of a catch-up, lighthearted episode and I'm having a lot of fun with those. Make sure you're following me over on Instagram, lindsayhine626 and join our Facebook group. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine because I'm doing call outs for listener questions over there for these Friday episodes. So what I'm having people do is send voice memos and that's been really fun to incorporate that into those episodes. Okay. And this episode of the podcast is sponsored by the rise run retreat, the virtual retreat. Sarah Canny puts on these amazing events and she has gone virtual. Her April event sold out 
And the May virtual retreat opens up on May 4th. So make sure you mark that in your calendars. You all can sign up, connect with others, learn from the amazing guest speaker she has, and just get connected with the running community right now when it's really hard to do that in person. So the virtual way is the way to go. You all can use the code IHA10 for 10% off registration right now. Go to riserunretreat.com to check it out. All right. Enjoy my conversation with Jordan Hase. Welcome back to the podcast, Jordan. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Yeah, I was trying to think the last time that I came on, but it's been a while, right? So I guess this is the third time, and the last time must have been after a race, right? Because we did a regular interview, and then I did like a race follow-up. I should know. (laughs) I know. I feel like I should know, too. I feel like I've only been on once, though. Have you? And then you tried to email me to do a follow-up, but I... Is that when I didn't reply? (laughs) (laughs) I thought for some reason I thought I did a post race with like you and Scott Fobble. I thought I had two posts. I don't know. I can't remember now. Oh, that's right. No, that's right. That's right. Maybe. I can't remember what race it was though. I don't know. We're going to have to, I'm going to have to go back and look at the the log and maybe it will (laughs) be that I have in fact only talked to you once. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I feel like it's like I said in my email, though, I feel like I know you and it was fun to see you in person for a second at trials. I know. I was like when we saw you before the race, it was funny because you and Paula were jogging across the street and Dina was going across the street. And I was like, oh, here's everybody right now. And I didn't want to be like, I didn't really want to flag you down. But I was also like. We've talked so much, and I don't know when I'll ever see her in person again. So I just flagged you down to get a quick hug and say hello. And um, I'm always like, hey, it's Lindsay Hine, because people recognize my voice before my face sometimes, you know? Right, right. No, and well, like I said, because I follow you on Instagram, so I know what you look like, but it was still like meeting your celebrity crush <laughs> or whatever. And I was thinking, she's so pretty. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You are. You and, are too uh, nice. Yeah, it was just nice to see you face to face. And yeah, we were, I stayed over at the uh, embassy suites just so I could avoid kind of all the hustle and bustle of the meat hotel. Gosh, it was just, it was like a zoo trying to go in and out of that place. Well, (laughs) so I was kind of glad to be away from all the action a bit. That's one reason why I didn't want to like flag you down because I was like, I'm sure everybody is flagging you down, but also. I stayed in that hotel um, one night and then the other two nights I had an Airbnb with some friends, but the first night I had got there early to do some other interviews and so it just made sense to stay there and um, I was thinking that. I was like, I can't imagine being an athlete actually running in this race, being in this hotel with all these people because there was just no break from anything. Everybody was everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, well, it was just different. I mean, uh, I thought that Atlanta Track Club, props to them. I mean, it was an awesome event, awesome setups. So great that so many people qualified. But then at the same time, everyone kind of has credentials, right? Because you had so many qualifiers. So usually we kind of get our, oh, you're elite athlete you you can only you have your credential you know people can't access you but there were just so many people out in that hotel because everyone had qualified yeah (laughs) so it's like 
no point of having credential really <laughs> so there was not a lot of protection but it was at the same time it's like really nice to be able to interact with people that's what I enjoy about the sport so just being out there and even I did a lot of my pre-race well two days before the race just kind of running around that finish area around that park um Mm -hmm. that was like not super crowded yet then the day before the race there was no way you were running loops there but just doing loops there two days before was super fun getting to chat with some people that had come into town for it so um so yeah I, I enjoy that stuff really it um, kind of gets me mentally ready and seeing people gets me excited. Yeah. What were you and Paula up to when we saw you? It looked like you were, might've been out for a shakeout run. Uh, yeah, gosh, I can't remember when we, wait, we saw you the day before. I think oh, it yeah, was two days, wasn't she, it? I don't know. Oh yeah. We, we were just, I think we were just, we must've either just finished our shakeout or we were coming back. I saw the, I saw the chiropractor drop. Dr. Glass over he was at the Omni so I think I maybe had finished and seen him and we were walk we were just walking back to the hotel that was probably it we were walking back to our hotel oh right 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 the Omni yeah but yeah we had run for we did our little shakeout and we did the last like how it was three loops and then we did the last like whatever two and a half mile part that was um like not part of the big loop so we did that just so that I could see because I hadn't seen the course at all so we did that last little part and um that was good just to get like a um just to visualize it so that helped me towards the end of the race because I already known I had done that part and that seemed to be the most hilly part so um, you know, when you're jogging it and then in the race, it obviously, it never feels as bad, <laughs> but it seemed pretty hilly to me when we were just checking it out. Yeah. That course is crazy hilly. And I, I did some loops around Centennial park, um, the day before. And it, I was like, Ooh, this is going to be hard for these people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was just like deceivingly hard. Cause some that the back half of the um main loop we were was always slightly uphill Mm -hmm. and after the first loop I was just like why do I feel so tired already and then uh, I thought well we were you know we were just going up a hill there but it was subtle it's you know it wasn't enough to be like oh we're definitely going up a hill here you almost had to think about it (laughs) and conceptualize that you actually had gone up a hill yeah, so let's talk about the race and, and everything. Um, I think I would love to start with, with your training with Paula. I, You know, I look back to our first conversation and talking about Paula and, you know, you brought up how your mom used to call you Paula when you were a little girl and um, it feels a little bit full circle probably. So um, talk to us about transitioning to training with Paula and how that has been. Right. So I just feel, I just feel really blessed and honored first off that she, uh, wanted to help me out. And I think that we both kind of just, it sort of evolved into a real relationship because it was kind of like, well, kind of backtracking a lot after Chicago, when I had my hamstring tear, um, I was sort of in this place where I didn't know what to do. And it was really, really stressful because, um, I, 
uh, was advised by some of the doctors in Oregon to get surgery, and I think that was the kind of the majority opinion from U.S. doctors was to get a surgery. And Paula had had a hamstring tear that was similar, and she said, "No, I, I really think you sh- you should try not to get a surgery." And uh, she had worked a lot with Dr. Mueller in Germany in the past, and so I felt really uh, comfortable with just her. She was more just kind of advising me not on training, but just on managing the first. It was just stressful kind of with transitioning to a new coach, but I'm transitioning and I was injured at the time. So that's not exactly a smooth buildup of, okay, you know, you just have this training plan. This is great. We're going to do a normal buildup. It was like, no, actually, we're kind of trying to figure out if I'm going to get surgery or not. So she was just really, really helpful and just kind of, guiding me through all that and being really calm and advising me to go see Dr. Mueller. And thankfully, um, we we decided against the surgery and was able to uh, help with that and then kind of manage me through uh, training-wise how to uh, come back from – it was still – he so he kind of does like homeopathic sort of treatments. Um, It's all just – like arnica and and that sort of stuff that he injects and uh not not cortisone which is good he's very anti Mm -hmm. um cortisone sort of stuff so it's all like safe stuff and um just uh so so that was really good for it it helped bring it along but we still had to be really kind of cautious and getting back to the speed and everything so I started out with more hill reps and kind of uh, strength-based stuff, uh, getting into the longer reps and just just managing it the whole time. Uh, so uh, she was really great about about knowing how to do that and how to start implementing stuff in training. So that was good. And also it was just kind of nice because um, training wasn't so different from what I had done, but it definitely – my schedule was changed up to an eight-day schedule where every eighth day was a complete rest day, which was something that was really new for me. So I never really took days off in the past. It was always cross-training or an easy run or whatnot. So that was something that was good and new. And (laughs) uh, I think it helped me to I'm just excited about moving forward about my eight-day cycle again. So you kind of get in your rest day, but then I'm getting in still, um, three workouts. So, and then the long run. So I got my track day, tempo day, and then, um, kind of road rep day and then the long run. So, um, without going into like (laughs) too much detail on the training plan, it was just sort of a a change up from what I had done in the past. And it was kind of refreshing because you get into like, an old rut of certain workouts and certain paces and kind of comparing yourself to the past. So it was good to just have, have things be brand new. Wow. Do you, did you find yourself looking forward to the rest day? Uh, I did. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I just, I don't know if it's just from all my injuries that I've had. Cause I used to think, Oh gosh, you know, if I don't run for one day, I'm just going to, I'm going to die and I'm going to lose all this fitness and it's going to be awful. But now I just 
immediately I, I just thought, I don't understand why I didn't do this before. I mean, it makes complete sense because then <laughs> I felt so much pressure the next day and um, I would run. So my rest day is after the long run day. Mm-hmm. And for my long run, I'm getting up to, I'm getting in 28 miles that day or so, you know, between the warm up and the long run and the cool down. So it just helped me to kind of run the long run harder actually because I know I knew I was getting the rest Mm, day the next mm -hmm. day so it all made sense and it's like I used to do my long runs and then kind of struggle through the easy run the next day and felt like I was just not getting anywhere and then I get more tired I got more tired throughout the week so it just really helped to be able to do that rest day and then I was immediately feeling more fresh for the for the beginning of the week and I think I bought into it immediately just I mean just from being injured I guess so much in the recent years that I know that you know I'm taking six weeks off no running and it's Mm -hmm. okay it sucks but you're not you lose a little fitness but one day is not gonna (laughs) one is gonna be fine and it's actually better you're better off because you're able to train that much harder throughout the week so that was one things that Paula really taught me is that you can't be afraid to rest and you just have to add in those days so that you can work that much harder during the week. And I think that it's just a really good relationship because I trust her so much because I think, well, if she was the world record holder and she was the best, why, why can you not take a rest day if that's what she was doing? So it's like, I just want to do it with the best did or does so I just completely trust her when she um gives me something in the schedule because I know that that's uh how she did it and that it seems to work really well yeah I was wondering when you mentioned that if that was something that she had done in her training when she was was peeking out well and I I heard in your post-race interview that your hamstring was fine on race day so thank god you didn't get the surgery Yeah, thanks. No, looking back, I'm really glad that I didn't get it. Um, I think that it, it, I mean, if I didn't have the trials, I don't think I would have pushed it as hard as I did for a spring marathon, but it was almost a blessing in disguise because it gave me this, this focus and a good kind of plan of action and not I I think I would have done a surgery maybe if I didn't have trials. Mm -hmm. So it was a blessing in disguise that I had this goal and that we kind of rehabbed through it. And it was maybe it would flare up a little bit during the long runs and we had to back off. Once I started getting fit fitter in January and was able to like handle the harder stuff, we had to be a little bit cautious sometimes. And then about there was, there were a few scares like three weeks before trials, I was doing a speed workout and I had to stop because I felt it a little bit. Um, but those were examples also where I was kind of proud of myself and how much I've grown in terms of, okay, I'm going to stop this workout in the past. I just run till my foot would break or (laughs) just, just being, just being kind of reckless with injuries. So I was really proud that I actually got to the start line really healthy. And by the time I got, had my taper, it was feeling fine. Uh, I had a little bit of a an SI joint thing the week of the race which was stressful um and again that was kind of just from compensating so it's sort of like you 
get these unlucky things that come up race week or throughout the buildup. And um, again, it, it was just good practice, though, for the future of having to deal with little things that crop up like that. So I definitely learned a lot from the experience. You know, everybody going into the race is talking about, oh, who's going to make the team? You know, there's like such a deep field. So many of you ladies, you know, had the potential to make the team. And, you know, what everybody said beforehand is like, well, if Jordan's in shape, she's going to make the team. Like that's, that's no doubt. So did that feel, did you feel the pressure of that going in? I definitely did. It's just something about, I, I, I think, um, based on just when it was only U.S. competition that was one thing that it's it's hard and when you when I was kind of running I ran well in Boston the last year and kind of going in with the fastest time you try to block all those things out but for me in that kind of trial situation right it's more of like this this thing of okay you see like it is the opportunity versus a threat and um, if you're kind of ranked lower, it's more of an opportunity mm, to snag mm-hmm, a spot. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're going in with a higher ranking and um, knowing that I had performed well in, in all these major marathons, it's kind of like, okay, is this my marathon to be consistent again? Or, or it's more just like a threat of someone sort of not stealing your spot, right? Because there's so everyone is so talented and um there again it was yeah it's the hardest team to make so it's just an honor to be on the start line and I was I was thankful and grateful that I was healthy and had the opportunity to try to make the team Uh, but it, it was kind of just stressful going in with having to deal with the injury and then just hoping that it could all come together so in hindsight that's something that I could have Again, I think that I learned a lot from this experience and I could mentally prep better for it and just dealing with the stress of the injury going in and everything, it was a lot. And um, when I kind of got out in the race and I'm two to th- and I was two to three miles into it, I was like, wow, I actually already feel like <laughs> mm-hmm. just, just stressed out mentally and that's not a good thing going into the marathon that you need to be just mentally fresh and ready and Um, I think I didn't realize just the weight of it all going in. Um, and that's all, I mean, that's all part of it. It's just preparing your mental game as much as physical. And it was, I thought that I had done enough of my mental prep and I do, I do do a lot of mental prep and visualization and meditation and all those sorts of things, but something that I had never really been in a race like that before where I'm actually running from the gun in a pack and it's only U.S. competition and we're, we were going kind of slow. <laughs> Our first mile was six minutes mm. and it just kind of felt like we were just walking and I'd never been in a marathon that was tactical like that. Mm. So there are a lot of things that I'm I'll definitely take away for the next marathon like that. Definitely for the next trials, you know, but just things that, um, I, I was, I thought I had enough experience in the marathon, but again, it was only my fourth marathon. So, um, I I think that I could have prepped a little bit better for that sort of environment. Yeah. Do you feel, and did you feel in the moment or looking back, like, just the weight of everything that's happened in the last year, you know, leaving Oregon and Alberto and all that. Like, did you feel that in the race? 
Um, I yeah, I mean, looking back in hindsight, and I guess after the race was completed, and I go through my um, review of the whole buildup and the experience, and then j- just having the race finish, and then finally reflecting on everything, it was definitely something that you don't really realize that you have a backpack on your shoulders, mm. right? Till the mm-hmm. thing is actually over <laughs> and you have a chance to sit down and say, wow, that, that actually was a lot. My whole life got uprooted. And then I was having to deal with this injury and switching coaches and just, a, yeah, just a lot of stuff. So I kind of tried to block that out. But after looking back and reflecting, having some time, it was it was kind of like, yeah, wow, that was a lot and um, felt a lot better that <laughs> when it when it was all over and having to get a chance to just just have some time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I sort of put everything on hold. I still had my house. It, my house is finally in escrow, but I hadn't even moved my things. It was all just like I need to just I just need to get healthy and get to the trials. But there were still a lot of life things that I had to deal with that again you like you said you don't realize that they're weighing on you till till it's actually kind of done and you're reflecting back on it yeah you know they say moving is like one of the most stressful things it's like moving (laughs) marriage and I don't know there's like or having a baby there's like three things that are like the most stressful things and moving is certainly one of them um how are you now like how's your heart how's your how just how are your feelings on the entirety of of everything yeah it's a lot better now um it's kind of nice to be honest to have this world like ending virus sort of scare thing just to have a pause on everything and Mm. I think a lot of people feel like this but it's a time to just be grateful and sort of look at um uh, what really matters to you Mm -hmm. and also for me, just in terms of the running, it's been a nice pause in terms of, okay, I don't have to prep for any one race. I'm just kind of taking my time to get back and get get really healthy and work on areas that I need to improve. And so that's been a really nice pause. And then I've been able to, yeah, go to Oregon, get all my stuff moved down here and kind of finally... I'm still with my dad, but looking for my own place here and really just establishing my my team here. And so it really, I think that the trials for me, it really was sort of a trial, right? Mm. Of, okay, this is, because it's a lot to transition to a new coach and just be confident in that system. And does that training actually work? And then having my whole team down here, okay, so who's my, who are my pacers? Um, Who's administering the workouts? being confident in my therapy team and my strength training. And so just putting all those pieces together has been a lot. And I feel like I've in the, in the time since the trials and in the prep for the trials, I finally kind of established that. So I'm just really excited now about moving forward in the future and the whole situation and ended up being um, a blessing to be able to move back here and have my current situation. Yeah, I'm sure your dad's really happy to have you back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's it's really it's just so nice to be with family, and then my brother's here, and he's hopefully 
getting married in August. Um, oh, hopefully, right? Fiance. I know. Uh. I know. We'll, we'll see. I'm supposed to have, yeah, my best friend's getting married in August, too. So hoping those pan out, but we'll just see what happens. Oh, August is better than June. I feel like all the June things are for sure getting canceled. <laughs> I know. Um, who? So Paula's coaching you from afar, obviously, but like, and you you mentioned your team. So who are those people now? Right. So I have my, my physio down here. His name is Brian Quigley and he's really, really great. He's, I, again, I've kind of worked. It, it was almost, it was harder for me in a sense for the past three years or so, because since my mom passed, I was always sort of going back and forth. Mm. And so I had teams in both places okay. <laughs> and they were both, I mean, both my teams in Portland and here were a hundred percent but then it was hard because I would come down and see Brian and he would work on me and we would work on some movement patterns and just kind of strengthening everything that needed to be uh, strengthened to, to prevent injuries. And then I would have to leave and go back and check in with Alberto in Oregon. And then it was like, okay, I come back to California. We have to start at step one and kind of reassessings. And it felt like when I would go back to Oregon, I would start to get injured again. <laughs> and so now it's just nice to finally be here. And we've had these weeks after the trials to really start from scratch. And I wasn't, I took three weeks off running. So I was really working on a lot of my movement patterns. And so he's been a key part in that. And just getting everything kind of, um, I, I just had some compensation stuff going on from all my left foot injuries and the hamstring thing. So, um, just really been, that's been the main focus right now of getting everything in proper working alignment and making sure I correct all the weaknesses and imbalances. So, uh, that's been fun and kind of my main focus right now. And running has taken sort of a backseat role. Um, I'm doing some stuff now with actually she's a former ballerina, but she kind of integrates running and yoga and oh, ballet. Nice. So I'm doing a lot of that to strengthen my feet and dance, <laughs> which is just fun. So just kind of stuff that I might not normally do, but I feel like it's really going to be game changing for staying healthy and um, just just getting my I really want to get my speed back. So that will be what, ever since I moved to the marathon, I kind of got further and further away from the track stuff. So that's kind of the main focus right now is, well, if there's any track races, I don't know, but uh, it doesn't matter just for me personally, just kind of to be able to run fast again and pain free and be healthy. So, um, so I'm just thankful for it. Yeah. The team down here has been great. And then Paula, um, sends the workouts and then I, um, am working on, uh, it's, it's been kind of a process of finding pacers here. <laughs> There's yeah. some guys around and, um, there was a guy that was helping me out, but he started to get, he got injured towards the end of my trials build up and, so I think I'm going to look for some other guys to help out. But again, it's like, it's just such a great place to run and train. So, I mean, the ultimate dream would to be ha to have an elite team down here <laughs> and kind of build that. That would I be cool. People would come. I mean, it's the weather's great. Like everything is just, we got the um, Cal Poly just got a new track um, resurfaced. So 
there's a great track to use and I'm thankful that I get to use that facility. So, um, there's just a lot of great spots. So that it will obviously be a working process, but that would be the goal is to have a whole group down here. Gosh, something tells me you could make that happen. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Hey friends, a quick break here to thank a sponsor and encourage you to check out the virtual rise run retreat that's coming up in May. Registration opens May 4th and it is May 15th through the 17th. Here's a word from Sarah Canny, the founder and host to share a little bit more about what she's doing. Hey listeners, my name is Sarah Canny and I'm the founder and host of the women's running retreat, rise run retreat. Last fall, I started dreaming up the idea of a virtual running retreat to help make our in-person retreats more accessible to women all over the world. With so many races and events canceled and the inability to run with our run besties, the Rise Run Retreat virtual running retreat has become a great way to stay connected and motivated during this uncertain time. So what exactly is a virtual running retreat you're asking? Well, we've put together a three-day live and interactive experience that includes the original themes and content from our in-person retreats, a digital workbook, access to two live webinars and live Q&A with our guest speakers, access to a private online community forum, a custom swag box delivered right to your doorstep, and a digital swag bag with generous discounts from our brand partners not to mention the connections you'll make with other women runners all over the world. For our next virtual retreat, May 15th through the 17th, we will welcome ultra runner Myrna Valerio and running coach and injury prevention specialist Kim Nadow. We'll also be announcing a special bonus guest on May 1st. For me personally, the virtual retreat has been a bright spot something to look forward to that fills me with inspiration and motivates me to keep moving forward. I would love for you to join us. So mark your calendars. Registration for our May 15th through 17th virtual retreat opens May 4th. Head over to riserunretreat.com for more info and be sure to use the code IHA10 to get 10% off your virtual retreat registration. All right, friends, if you are enjoying these episodes and you're looking for additional episodes for me. I put out two episodes a month over on my Patreon page. You can find that at patreon.com slash Lindsay Hine. And if you are enjoying this podcast, one of the best ways you can support the show is leaving a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. And of course, sharing it on social media or with your friends, your text message group with your friends, wherever. That is one of the best ways you can support the show. And I appreciate it each and every time anyone does that. Thank you so much. Okay. Enjoy the rest of my conversation with Jordan Hase. Okay, so um, back to the trials a little bit. Let's talk about the Kobe outfit. Yeah, thanks. Well, um, just growing up, Kobe was uh, in was a huge inspiration idol to me. We used to drive down. My dad's coworker had season tickets to the Laker games. So we were at some of the key games in the playoffs when, I I mean, I don't know how much of a basketball fan you are, but (laughs) when Robert Ori made the game-winning three um, in the playoffs, we were at that game. And so he was just a huge inspiration to me. I was always posting quotes um, on my Instagram. And so 
um, when he passed, that was during the buildup. And I feel like in all these marathon buildups, there's always every, everyone is different. And I always kind of pull different life experiences and things that have happened to me on the, along the way to, to inspire me during the race. And my mantras are always different. So going to the trials, um, after he passed, it was kind of about having this Mamba mentality and especially dealing with my injury, it was just all about, okay, it's not really about the outcome. It's just about always about giving your best performance and that's all you can control. And that's, that's kind of the mama mentality of just going out there, giving your best and, and then enjoying the journey because, um, he had this quote about that, like, that's actually the dream is those hard days when, you don't want to go out and work hard and do your run. And then you're, you know, you're working through the cold and the rain, whatever it is and dealing with the adversity and the challenges that come along the way. And, um, it's, it's not really, again, it's not really about the destination that that is the dream is just going through those ups and downs of the journey. And so that is something, I mean, that's just one of my, I think that's a good mantra just for life, <laughs> but that was kind of my mantra for the, for the trials was just going in with that. So, um, I sent a text to, uh, one of the Nike guys actually. And I, I was like, Hey, could you make me a Kobe uniform? And I, I was kind of like half joking about it. And he goes, you said, yeah, you said, ha ha. So is that serious? And I said, well, I mean, I don't know, but if, if you could ask, that'd be awesome. And, uh, so I was just really honored that, that they ended up doing that. And, uh, that was a huge reason why I definitely didn't want to drop out of the Mm. race (laughs) Mm because again, it's that whole mindset of, and I think after Chicago, of course, and dealing with the injury and having to drop out so early on, I was just so grateful to have the opportunity to be on the start line. And, um, uh, there was no way that I was dropping out if my body allowed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did definitely start feeling the, it was just, just the, again, unlucky of the back the last week and, um, my whole legs were kind of just going, um, numb, like the nerve, the, the hamstring connects right to so many different nerves and the sciatic nerve right there and the SI joint. So there's just so many things around that area. Um, so it was just tough because I, my legs weren't able to run as fast as I had in training. But again, I was just kind of, okay, just thankful. I just had to take a step back, be grateful to be out there still. And when I got dropped from the pack, it was hard. Cause I'm, I'm calculating. I'm like, this is going to be the longest one hour 50 of my life. Cause mm. you're just watching the pack. Right. And that's your dream for, since I was a little kid slipping away right there Mm. and um the marathon has been my best shot to make the Olympic team so I was proud and will take that resilience from having to reshift the focus to not make the team to just finishing and uh the crowd at that point the crowd was really great because actually to be honest and this is another thing that I in hindsight, I need to, needed to prep better for was the crowd was so loud because mm. it was loops. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I don't know where you were at during the race, but it was just obnoxiously loud for me. I don't like now loud noises to begin with. <laughs> like I'm super <laughs> like, I don't know. I just hate vacuum. I hate, I hate <laughs> lawnmower. It's a really, it's just like always been like a weird thing with me, but 
they were just from mile one. It was just, it wasn't even like encouragement. It was just like a scream, like, ah! <laughs> and um, <laughs> when I was dealing with my back thing, everything was kind of like shaky. So I was like any, you know, anything that would like hit me or t- I was just real like nervous in the pack even. And so having that crowd on top of that was just a lot like, just overwhelming for me (laughs) and again that's like hindsight and stuff I can prep for like I'm definitely gonna blast whatever music in my ears for Mm. the next there's stuff I can do and again that's kind of a mamba mindset of I learned from that I'm gonna prep I'm gonna have kids come out and yell in my face and practice (laughs) whatever whatever it takes but once I got dropped from the pack, it was actually better because mm. people weren't screaming <laughs> at the pack. Sure. So I was able to have a second of like, okay, now I can be calm. And I saw my brother and that was helpful. So, um, yeah, that that point was all about just kind of getting through it and getting to the line. And then um, looking back, I was just um, really grateful to have let my body still allow me to finish even though it wasn't the time I wanted or obviously the place but um just to be grateful to still be there and again that mama mindset of just giving my best that I could on the day yeah you know I I wouldn't have even thought about that with the crowds but I can imagine now if you're not used to that and in any major marathons it's a little bit more spread out and the crowd isn't so focused, maybe, you know, and it's obviously the loops. So I can imagine that being like very um, like alarming if you're not ready for it. It was a lot for me. And again, that's something that I kick myself for because I should have. It's a it was a mental challenge that I overlooked. But I, I mean, I, I was I do a lot of my workouts by myself. Even, yeah. So I'm not I'm not out there having people yelling at me <laughs> even. And I remember my first Boston, though, it was like uh, it was the trials were kind of like running down Boylston, mm. but for the whole whatever the three loops were, but even louder. <laughs> and it's not like you're getting that. I, when I run down Boylston, I get, I've gotten goosebumps, right? Because I'm in third you're finishing in my first marathon, <laughs> this and that. But it was like. It was like that from the gun, and it's like, okay, you know, we're running 6.15 pace here. We're just, we still got another two and a half hours. Like, let's tone it down, people. (laughs) 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 It just, again, some people like that, right? That's what I was thinking. I kind of like to be in my own head and have this time to, like, okay, you know, I I am going, I'm going through my mantras. I'm reflecting how am I feeling? Do I need to... Do I need to drop my shoulders? I need to get into my rhythm. And I just could not get into my rhythm because it was so loud. So, yeah. Um, and it reminded me, again, it reminded me of the track too, which uh-huh. I, that's one of the reasons I do not like the, uh, I moved away from the track was kind of having that huge crowd there and you're just doing circles. Mm. So it was sort of like going back to the track for me and that, brought up some kind of bad memories <laughs> so again wow. I need to, I, I'm happy I'm glad for it it's always it's a failure and as Kobe would say he was he would he was asked okay what do you think of when you think of failure and he says I get excited um, because it means I have something to learn I have something to improve on so um, it was heartbreaking at the time but now I'm excited and I accept the challenge and the next trials I hope it's even louder because <laughs> I'm gonna be ready I love that <laughs> yeah you know that's just something that 
you people don't think about because I do think a lot of people probably like feed off of that but like everybody's different and that that clearly was like um hurting your focus or whatever you know like <laughs> thanks yeah well, again, it's it was like the question that you asked at the beginning of going in and being one of the favorites and mm-hmm. that it was more of a mindset of if I yeah if I am fit I should make this team and so mm-hmm. it wasn't ex- necessarily the most exciting marathon I had to run it was more of okay I need to be real focused and just get through this and for some of the people that maybe had just qualified that's like a great environment right because you're just like soaked in the moment but for me it was more of a okay I want to get this done this is a check mark I just need to keep all the pressure in check and Uh, that's something that in the next four years I'm going to work on and really shift my mindset towards uh, being better at handling that situation. Well, I loved seeing you finish. So you asked where we were. We were like mile like nine-ish, I think. So we were on the loop a couple times and then we ran over to the finish and we were about 600 meters from the finish. So... Uh, I saw you around the corner and I don't know, I, it made me tear up because I felt like I could, I just knew that how hard that must have been. Like I could just imagine like, well, I guess I can't imagine, but I was just thinking how hard it must have been to just, I don't know if the right word is like swallow your pride or whatever, you know, like nobody would have mm-hmm. assumed Jordan has was going to get 26th place, but like you're in your Kobe uniform your back might hurt, but like, you're going to finish this race. Thanks. Thanks. You know, I think that is kind of a good phrase for it. And uh, I think I've been through so much in the sport and then just in life. And I, I don't think that maybe four or five years ago, I would have finished that race. I would have just stepped off. And so that's something that I'm really proud of is just having that self-awareness to, to know that, I would have really regretted it at the Mm -hmm. end of the day if I would have just stepped off. Mm -hmm. And um, so just just going and after I realized that, okay, I'm not going to make this team, but taking a step back and then just being focused in the moment. What could I do to learn from the experience and still um, still gain something positive from it? And then just just. And yeah, now looking back, that's going to benefit me for future marathons, having known that I did finish the race still. So thank you. Did you cry? Uh, I cried. Yeah, I cried a lot. Well, um, it was really nice because right when I finished, Galen came up and um, just gave me a hug and uh, told me that immediately just kind of and in the moment in these moments you're definitely just not trying to move on right away. It's, it's really hard to grasp, but in the next few weeks, that's something that I started to reflect on and remember and kind of come to terms with of him saying it's okay. And you're, you're going to be stronger from this and just got to look forward and, and don't be too hard on yourself. So um, that's something, a time that I'll always remember and um it, and it's like in these bad times right that's when you really kind of see the character of people around you and be grateful for 
your team and everyone that still sticks by your side when things go wrong. So it, it, it shows, um, sometimes you don't want to have bad moments for that to shine through, but I, you never experience the, uh, high highs without having your low moments. And I've certainly had a a lot throughout my career, um, or my fair share. So I, I know that, um, things will turn around and bounce back and it's really tough in the moment, but, um, you do actually get, I think, some it's a different type of special right a different type of special experience from those bad times and things like that don't wouldn't have necessarily happened if I had won the race or made the team so I've learned to appreciate those bad moments and the special things that happened to you and and things that people said to me and uh, a lot of people said that they were um just just uh, really inspired by seeing me finish, which um, was something to take away from it. I feel humbled and honored by that. And um, I've always liked the quote, it's kind of not about what you say or do, but how you make people feel. So if people could be inspired by as much by that, by just finishing, <laughs> then hmm. making the team, then again, I, I obviously want to have good outcomes. But um that was one positive was just still being able to inspire people to through through just finishing even though it was a bad day yeah there's that really good picture of you and Galen hugging and I I thought about that I thought what's he saying what is he saying to her right now you know in that picture and I think a lot of people were probably wondering that and and you guys have been through so much together have you do you guys keep in touch yeah, he's been he's been a really great resource. Um, we don't talk all the time, but when we first had to transition from um, being coached by Alberto to new coaches, he's he was really helpful in that and just um, saying that he he basically he's just always there if I need him, <laughs> which is nice. Just having someone to say that and um, know that he's always gonna be rooting for me and Mm. I know that I'm always rooting for him is it's just nice again just knowing people that are going to be on your team whether you win or you lose so I'm really thankful for that and I'm just inspired by him and kind of having to come back from his surgery and everything that he did and um, I think he's just really wise and one thing he told me was that after he didn't finish in Chicago, he um, really wasn't training hard for the trials till January. Mm. And um, I tore my hamstring in the race, but I was kind of getting back into hard training in November, December. So I think that (laughs) I still have some things to learn from him and just kind of being, um, being a little bit wiser about dealing with the injuries and um I think it kind of takes like a really bad low race to be able to again like step back and think okay I I just really need to be really honest with my body and um know that there's take I could have taken more time and maybe been a little less fit going in but been healthy Mm. and make the team so um that was kind of his advice was just um take a step back and do what you can to get healthy. So 
that's what I've really done these last has how long has it been since Charles five weeks but um now I feel like um that advice has really helped so I'm thankful yeah I'm curious do you have any other like key people in your life that have like reached out or just kind of been your support system through all this with with the transition and with the Alberta situation uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just so thankful. I just, I have so many great people in my life over the years. And I think that, as you know, the running community is so great and so supportive. So I always feel um, really uplifted. And even though the trials didn't go well, just being there and being in that environment. And there's something about the marathon is just like everyone really respects each other. And mm-hmm. um, uh, th- I mean, this is kind of, veering off topic because it's not like we're you know the most it's not like we were talking every day but even Alephine like a couple days after the race texted me and was like Aww. you know I had yeah like I had a hamstring injury myself and she actually beat me to it because I was meaning to text her and say great job but she was like I don't even know how you ran the race because I had my hamstring thing and it was bugging me and uh, don't worry you'll come back stronger from it so I think there's again there's just Mm -hmm. that like level of respect right amongst the athletes and I'm just inspired by all those women (laughs) um and 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 just be a fan of the sport um and so I think yeah everyone is just so supportive of one another and we all know we have our good and bad days and we want to be that person that's holding the flag but I wouldn't say I think I'm at a um, kind of a level of maturity now where I'm crossing the line and like I'm genuinely happy and excited for those women that made the team mm-hmm. like I was curious to know who was gonna make it <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I was getting I could see because you know we were looping back on the course okay and then like once I got dropped I could still see the pack so I'm looking over and I was like oh well I That'd be cool if I could just like cut through the course right now and jump jump back into the pack. But um, I was still looking. I was like, oh, you know, who's dying off? Who's going to who's going to make this? Could you tell um, at any point? And I think that is just because everyone is so kind and supportive of one another. um, And really just we know how hard we all work. Right. And um, kind of going back to more like personal wise. Yeah. Just. uh, I'm again, I'm thankful that I live now with my dad and just always been super close to my family. And so my family have been big, big, played a big role in getting me through, um, through everything that's happened and just knowing that it'll all work out. And I've been through much worse just in life with my mom passing. So I have a perspective of, again, it's just running and, um, that was able, that helped me to get through the transition and, um, and just be, be positive. Yeah. I was going to say, you've probably missed your mom quite a bit during all this. Yeah. And, uh, it's just crazy that it's been for over four years now. Cause she was at, so that she was at the last trials mm. when I tried to make it on the track. So mm. that was another, wow, we're at another Olympic trials again. And, um, that it, it made me realize how fast time does go by. And I'm thankful for all the people in my life that have helped me to adjust to that. And it's true what they say though, as time passes, you do, it does get better. Mm-hmm. And, um, I still, 
I wouldn't say that I don't think of her, but it's always in kind of a positive way. And mm. I'm always thinking, okay, what, what would she think about this or say about this? And it always brings a smile to my face. So I think having that angel that's always there helps me through <laughs> any, any bad situation. Yeah. You, so are you think everything's so weird now because now that there's not track trials, like, are you even considering that for next year or are you just sticking to the marathon? Uh, that's a good question. I don't really know. I'm still kind of, I was definitely all in in the marathon and that was obviously my best shot to make it. And uh, if there was going to be trials in June, <laughs> I was going to just still follow kind of my normal I need to get healthy first, and if it happens, it happens. But I was trying to be really honest with myself and not push towards it, which in a way I'm thankful because always, right, you're a competitor in the back of my mind. I would be thinking, okay, I'm, I'm trying to get back for this. Uh, but I just – I don't – I'm glad we have a year to decide because yeah. I really don't know if my heart's in it. And I – I kind of like just having the attitude right now of, oh, I might try out. I might not. Like, I'll just see. I'll just see where my heart's at in a year and um, what all pans out. But like I said, my goal is to get faster anyways. And I'd like to be running PRs in the 10K. So if I am running PRs, then maybe I will try out for the team. But my heart is still and will always be, I think, for the rest of my career in the marathon. And that will be my main focus. So uh, I'm thankful that um, there'll hopefully be marathons this fall to focus on. And then obviously next year, that will still be my main focus. So I'm I'm thankful and excited for that. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Like if your heart's in the marathon, but you end up making the team and like the 10K, it's like, ah, that would be weird, I'm sure, because <laughs> like you're a marathoner, but of course you're going to, if you can make the team, you're going to make the team. Yeah, and it's just it's just hard to think about because I really feel like that's where my medal would have been is in mm -hmm. the in the marathon and so I sort of think, well, unless I'm running what 29 minutes, yeah. do I really do I even really want to go to the Olympics? But of course you want to be an Olympian, but sure. at the same time it's like, I don't know, I try not to think about that stuff, but again just be great being grateful for the opportunities and we'll see we'll see what happens with the fitness but seeing that kind of seeing the 10k as a side goal of the 10k is going to help my marathon anyways and sure um and but it, but I don't think that will be I'm just kind of I'm not I wouldn't say that I'm like oh gosh I'm thankful that the Olympics got postponed because now I have time to make the team I, I'm I'm not really like that at all I just kind of uh, just want it to be done with in a way and <laughs> and focus on the, the marathons which the marathons the major marathons are such kind of mini olympics in and of themselves sure, yeah. so I'm really I'm really grateful for that and I remember doing some stuff with Amy Hastings for Chicago Marathon Promotions and we were doing interviews and I said well you know if I don't make the marathon team I'll just focus on a fall marathon and it's not that bad because 
they're kind of like an Olympics of them in and of themselves. And Amy was there sitting kind of like, I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> she had been fourth. And, yeah. and now that I didn't make it again for, for like three or four weeks, I, I still am kind of like, yeah, now I don't know if I agree with that, but <laughs> that's helps you helps me mentally at least to think about how I said that before. And it's just seeing it as it was this goal and, I didn't get the goal, but now I can have a new goal and just move forward with it. Yeah. And I mean, the fact is you're 28. So like does seeing, you know, Des and all these women in their mid to late thirties, just killing it and some in their forties, like, does that make you think, okay, well, yeah, like I didn't get it in the marathon this year, but I have plenty of time. Thanks. Yeah. And I am, I am grateful for that. And thinking about the future and um, having the Olympics in LA in, in um, 2028. And so that's a goal of, okay, yeah, I want to be the next Joni. And she's, she's actually a mentor to me and was really helpful in getting me through the transition, moving away from Alberto to Paula. And uh, I'd say we'd check in throughout the buildup every week or so. And she's just been great and it helps to have people that like that that are olympic gold medalists that are uh gonna believe in you no matter what so i'm really grateful for our friendship and and i am glad that i'm not 38 right now and yeah to, it seems like these women could still go forever they don't they seem like my age i always forget that they're 10 years older but uh, i'll be sad to see them go actually yeah <laughs> but they probably want to move on at some point. But, um, but yeah, I, I'm just, I'm grateful that I am young and I'm going to have those opportunities, hopefully. That's awesome. Uh, well, Jordan, this has been just really nice. And, you know, I've like wanted to talk to you, you know, ever since everything happened before Chicago and I wanted to give you space, but I've also just wanted to like I wanted my listeners to hear your sweet voice and like hear what's on your heart. So I appreciate you um, giving me the opportunity to, to share that with everybody. Oh, thank you. And I've just, yeah, it's been an honor to, I'm a avid listener of your podcast. So it's been uh, neat to hear everyone that's been on there and you always just have such good conversations with people. And it's really inspiring. So thank you for, what you do for the sport and um, for just always uplifting all your listeners. You're the best. What are you doing the rest of the week? What's uh, see? It's Tuesday. Do you have any big workouts or anything? Are you who are you quarantined with? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'm quarantined with my dad, and then um, my brother. He comes back and forth, so we've kind of accepted it between. Um, our family and his yeah. fiancés and no one's gotten sick for two weeks. So we feel like we're kind of in the clear there. And then, um, thankfully my physio that I talked about, he's kind of been quarantined with me ever since, well, he was in Atlanta. And then, so since we were together, we're kind of like, we're just family, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's able to come and do garage workouts. And I'm just really focused on that right now. Just doing other things, running a little bit. Um, every kind of, we've kind of gone, I started, I took three weeks off and then I was running every other day and now I'm almost to a full seven days in a row of running, but still easy running. I might have my first fart like this weekend, which will be exciting. Uh, 
if I can find a park to run in. Every all the right? grass areas are closed right yeah. now, so it's a little bit hard to find soft surface. But um, I'm I'm just uh, yeah focusing on the strength training stuff and doing my ballet lessons and doing some boxing i oh i got a i'm rowing i'm really into rowing oh, nice. so i got this at home rower from hydro they're based in boston and it's it's a really nice rower it's it's i guess it's kind of like the closest that you can get to rowing on an actual river oh wow and so they've got the rower where you they have all their athletes that program the they you know they guide you through the workouts so that's been really fun to just get on the rower and it's very meditative kind of you like get into the rhythm and um so that's been something to still focus on the cardio because usually I would swim but all the pools are closed yeah so uh that's been that's been fun to have and uh then yeah just trying to I don't know do other things read a little bit more um, watching masses online, <laughs> things like that, uh, trying to connect with people. I think it's fun. It's actually kind of fun times because people like, I don't know, the social media world is just, I think everyone's trying to post stuff and it's all really positive stuff and it's yeah. like entertaining and uplifting. So, um, sometimes I don't like being on social media as much as I am, but, I kind of think that it's okay to be on your phone right now because it's, well, it's, again, it's like a way to connect with people, but, um, and, and kind of inspire people at the same time. So a lot of my sponsors have had me do Instagram takeovers and things like oh, that, which I'm trying to just, you know, keep people from being depressed <laughs> during these times and, and just give a positive message. Isn't it so weird how like, I don't, it's so weird. Like I know that my life is so simple and easy, um, but you do fall into these like waves of feeling depressed, even though everything, like my family's healthy and I'm healthy, but for some reason, just like the normalcy being gone, you fall into this trap. And so I, I'm like trying so hard to get my mind out of that, but even people that are normally happy are struggling. Oh, I know. And I feel like that too. It's like, because it's funny. Cause I'm not really like, it doesn't, it, it doesn't change my lifestyle that much. Right. I'm mm -hmm. grateful that I can still run outside. I'm still able to train, uh, strength train. And I mean, the pool's closed, but that's not really like essential. Um, but, and I'm kind of introverted. It's not like mm -hmm. I go out to mm -hmm. eat a lot. We usually get takeout anyways, so it's not a big deal. But I just feel this vibe that like, yeah, it's, I'm sad that other people are sad that they can't do their normal thing. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> like in the normal life, like, you know, I do my introverted stuff, but in the extroverted have their place and that's all cool. But I'm just like sad that they can't be their normal selves. <laughs> so I feel like you said it's just you start getting depression and it's like, wait, like I'm doing my normal life, but. I don't know why I'm sad. Uh, well, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just hard. Yeah. I'm like, don't tell me I can't hang out with my friends. <laughs> that, I think that that's what it is. Just, so that's why we need to utilize the FaceTime and, and, um, I've been doing, we've been out walking a lot with my family and the neighborhood and it's nice because our neighborhood is like really walkable and you can see people from their porches and at least say hello from afar. So that's been super I mean, like every time we do that, I'm like, I get back to the house and I'm like, I feel so filled up. You know, I, I though, Jordan am an extrovert. So we're opposites <laughs> yeah. in that regard. 
that's good but I feel like people are being so friendly yes and so it is good because it's like every time you go out and see someone everyone has a smile on their face and takes the time to talk to someone I was in line at my luckily my favorite coffee place still have um takeout you know and there's this guy in line behind me six feet away of course yeah and he was like does it is there any value in having your braids of equal length? Because <laughs> one was shorter than the other today. Because I remember I was specifically like trying to go out for my run and I was in a hurry to like drink my coffee and eat my bar. And so one I need, Oh, and I need to get a haircut, but you can't get that right now. So one is like really long to braid one side. Right. So I stopped kind of short. And I thought, <laughs> what, who else would notice this other than these times, you know? So just like little stuff that keeps happening like that where in normal times that wouldn't happen so you kind of have to appreciate those un, um yeah those little special moments that that are um just like yeah they wouldn't wouldn't normally happen people are eager to say hello and to talk and like <laughs> yeah that's 100 percent the case right now yeah Oh, man. Okay, Jordan. Well, I appreciate this so much. And, you know, I'll continue following along and um, we'll do this again sometime soon. That sounds good. Thanks, Lindsay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for being here today. Thanks, Jordan, for sharing your story. I'm rooting for you. And I'm just so thankful that you've come on the podcast to share your story with us and how you are feeling after the trials. You all can find Jordan on Instagram. She is Jordan Hase over there. You can find me on Instagram. I'm lindsayhine626. You can find me on Twitter at lindsayhine. And you can find me on Facebook. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine where we have a group as well. Don't forget, check out the Rise Run Retreat, the virtual Rise Run Retreat that Sarah Canning is putting on. Use the code IHA10 for 10% off your registration when you go to riserunretreat.com. Thank you so much, everybody, for being here. I hope you're having the best day possible. Thank you again to all of our healthcare workers and essential workers out there. We appreciate you so much. Have a great rest of your day, and I will see you all on Friday with an episode with Scott and Jenny Jurek.